Let's uh, carry on in our series today, our good old Abe series. And I have a confession to make to you this morning. I have an addictive personality. I am the type of person, if, uh, if I was a drinker, and I'm not, if I was a drinker, boy, you know, I would not be, you know, I would kind of go off the other end. I mean, I, am, I have an addictive personality. And I discovered my addictive personality back on December 25th, 1990. I mean, how many were like still around in 1990? I think we got people like here like, who weren't even born in 1990. But anyway, December 25th, 1990. I woke up Christmas morning and, uh, and, and our tradition was we would have a stocking to open. Then we would go to church. We would come back from church. Mom would cook dinner. Um, then we would clear up. Then mom and dad were tired, so they would take naps. And then about 6, 7 o'clock in the evening, we would open our presents. I mean, that's just like torture for a kid. Well, in 1990, we'd opened all our presents. And the one thing I really wanted, I had not got. And I was getting all down. I'd opened the socks from auntie and the, and the sweater from grandma. And I'm like, where's my present that I want? And then suddenly, right at the end, my parents brought out this box, these like, huge box and then the smaller box. And I'm like, yes, I got it. And I got a used, it wasn't new because we didn't have much money, I got a used Spectrum 48K plus computer. Now, this was one of those computers. Now, think about 48K plus. I mean, think your iPhones have like 16 gigs. There's a 1,000 kilobytes in a megabyte and a 1,000 megabytes in a gigabyte. 48 kilobytes. Whoa, this was a rocking computer. Anyway, so, so this was one of those where you had to press Control and Alt, and then you had a tape player that was connected to the computer, and you had to play... You had to press control and alt and play at the same time. And if it was just slightly off, you'd wait there for 10 minutes while this thing loaded to find out it, lo- it didn't load right. So you had to do it right. And I got it down to a T, a right, right moment. Well, over the course of the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, uh, I, dis- I discovered I had an addictive personality. I would start playing these games. It was the first computer I'd ever owned. And I couldn't stop playing them. And I'd get up early in the morning, I'd play them, and then my mom would come in, and she'd be like, Alexander, and that's what they call me, Alexander, you've got to get to school. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'd get to school, I'd be at school all day thinking, how can I complete this level? How can I complete this game? I'd get home, I'd be on it, and, uh, and, and I had this like joystick that like hardly ever worked, and you're like ramming it, trying to get the people to move. And I just, I just couldn't stop myself. And then over the months and over the years, the Spectrum 48K Plus turned into a Commodore 64. How many of those remember those? Commodore 64s, right on. Then it changed into a Sega, and then Sega changed into uh, a Super Nintendo. I mean, that was the ultimate game system, Super Nintendo. So I thought I had the most addictive personality ever. Then in 2005, I got married to a girl called Raquel, and I discovered whoa, she's got even more of an addictive personality than me. She would tell me stories when we were dating of how when she was at college, she would uh, spend all night trying to study, and they would have the Super Nintendo there, and she had a game called Donkey Kong, and she would just spend all night playing Donkey Kong. She'd get up in the morning, realize she hadn't studied or anything like that. And she, when she plays games, it's like 
another level. I mean, she is like intense, and I mean, she's like like um, she's like a, a great wife to have. And except for she's like better than me a lot of these games, so I don't really play with her. Well, we decided to get ourselves uh, a Nintendo Wii. And uh, we did it for a few reasons, and we started the Wii Fit, and we kind of got addicted to the Wii Fit, and, uh, and that was pretty good. But then she discovered on the Wii that you could get old Nintendo games. And she, she looked at these Nintendo games, and she saw her favorite game that she had ever played. And it was a game called Adventure Island. And in Adventure Island, this little chubby man would go through these different levels, and he would have to defeat all these different boss men, and, uh, uh, and there was like eight stages of four levels uh, each stage, and, uh, and then you would rescue this uh, girl called Tina right at the end. Well, she started playing this game. I played like the first level. I'm like, this is boring. Next thing I know, two weeks later, after intense gameplay, she has got to stage eight level She's completed stage 8, level 3. She gets to stage 8, level 4, and she cannot complete it. It's like the impossible game, impossible level to complete. She tried and tried and tried, and there was many nights that she stayed up when she probably should have been doing other stuff, trying to complete this last level. Stage 8, level 4, proved to be a problem for Raquel. And while each level progressively got harder and harder, this final level was just impossible. And so often, I think our faith is like some of those video games. We master one level, and we think, great, we've done it, we've achieved it, and then another level comes up. And that level is normally slightly harder. The more we increase in faith, then the harder the next step of faith becomes. However, there comes a point in our lives where we get hold of a stage 8, level 4 level in our faith that sometimes we just cannot overcome. And those stage 8, level 4 times in our lives come and we really don't know what to do. Most of us, or most people, fail at their stage 8, level 4s. They get bored, they give up, they think, I cannot carry on. But the few, there are a few who can overcome the stage 8, level 4 in their faith. And those are the people who make a difference. Those are the people who go on to greater things. And as we've been studying this man, Abraham, we find in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham comes up to his own stage 8, level 4 experience. Let's turn to the, if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And verse 1 and 2. And this is what it says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. And listen to this. Go, sacrifice, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, if you were with us last week, we discovered last week that Abraham had an unanswered prayer. And that unanswered prayer was for a son. And he waited months and months and years and years, and God finally gave him a son. His name was Isaac. 
God had promised Isaac and God had seen his promise fulfilled. And Abraham had a son. And now we get to a place where God turns around and he says, Abraham, see that boy that I promised you. His name is Isaac. I want you now to go and sacrifice this boy. I'm like, this is kind of strange. I mean, could you imagine like, if someone like, tried to do that in like United States of America? I mean, social services would be out, everything. But God told Abraham, go sacrifice your only son, Isaac. Stage 8, level 4, difficulty. Most of us would be like, no way. Not a chance. I am not going to do that. God, you've done a lot of things, but I am not going to do this. This is one thing I'm not going to do. And so God asked Abraham to take the ultimate step of faith. And this was to give back the promise that God had given to him. Give back the promise God had given to him. Actually, the Bible tells us that God was testing Abraham, and this was a test. But at the time, Abraham probably didn't know it was a test. He thought God was just on another planet thinking, what are you doing? See, God wanted to see how far Abraham had come, and really how high his faith was. And yet this stage 8, level 4 experience was safely negotiated by Abraham. And Abraham overcame this level of faith. He overcame this, this thing before him in his life. So let's take a look at how Abraham overcame this. How did Abraham pass this test, this stage 8, level 4, as I'll say it, experience in his life? Well, first thing we see. In Genesis chapter 22, verses 3 to 8, we see that Abraham's faith went up another level. His faith went up another level. It says there in Genesis 22, verse 3. So God has told him to to go and sacrifice his only son in a place called Moriah. Then in verse 3 it says, The next morning Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and set out to the place God had told him about. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife, as the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. One of the things I I, I find or I found about those video games, was the more or the further you got along in the video game, the more lives you gained, the more energy you gained. And if you did well, then they would give you a life. Well, faith is a little similar. The further in in a life of faith that you walk, then it seems that your faith just grows and grows and grows. And sometimes you get to a place where God, I can't do this. I can't go on. I can't step out in faith. But yet you do it and you look back and you think, yes, if I can do this, 
then I can do something even more harder or, or tougher. And Abraham got to a place where his faith, the more his faith was tested, the greater his faith rose. The more his faith was tested, the greater his faith rose. And we see that Abraham's faith had got to a level of almost unseen circumstances. I mean, I could not believe that this man had got to this place of faith. Remember, this was the man, and we've discussed him weeks earlier, this was the man, he fled the land that God had told him because there wasn't enough to feed his family. This was the man who was so fearful of somebody taking his own life that he pretended to be his wife's brother and then let other men take his wife. This was the man who would not trust in God enough that he stepped outside of marriage to have a son. This was a man who had failed God so many times, but yet we've got to a place where now his faith has just rose and his faith is going to be tested to the ultimate point. So let's take a look at how his faith rose. Just in that passage of Scripture, we see seven things. I should say six things in how his faith rose. The first thing we see is that Abraham did not question God. He did not question God. We do not see a dialogue between Abraham and God. God told him to do something. Abraham didn't question God. And when you get to a stage A level four place in faith, that's the place where you stop questioning God because you know God is in control. So we did not question God. We also see that Abraham did not hesitate. Me, I'd have been like, I'm going to think about this for a couple of weeks. Maybe a couple of years. Maybe God will forget about it. The Bible says that Abraham got up early the next morning and went with his son and servants to sacrifice his son. He got up early. He did not hesitate. And when you get to a level of faith that Abraham got, you realize when God tells you to do something, you do it immediately. You don't question. You don't wait. You do it immediately. We also see that Abraham prepared for the worst. I've come to the conclusion in my life, when God tells me to do something, then don't think everything's going to be rosy. Because sometimes things get a little tough. And so Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham went and gathered the wood and prepared the wood for the burnt offering. Abraham was prepared to go the distance. He was prepared for the worst. And so often, when we get to a stage 8, level 4 place in faith, then we need to be prepared for the worst. Because often the worst happens. And it's through the worst that God shows us that He is our provider and He is the one who is there with us. We also see that Abraham recognized that this act of faith wasn't just an act of faith. It was actually an act of worship. The Bible says that Abraham said to his servants, he said, stay here. The boy and I are going to go and worship the Lord. We're going to go and worship God. And every time that you make a step of faith and you step out in faith for God and you do something for God, then it's not just an act of faith, it's also an act of worship unto God, declaring who God is, praising God and worshipping God. And this act, this step of faith was an act of worship. We also see that Abraham, he didn't just believe for, uh, expect the worst, he believed for the best. He believed for the best. Notice in the Bible it says, Abraham, he turned to two of his servants and he said, stay here. The boy and I 
We are going to go up and worship the Lord. And then we will return. It says we will return. Abraham fully expected that even though he was going to have to sacrifice his only son, he fully expected God has given this promise. And when God gives a promise, God does not fall back on his promises. This boy, I don't know how it's going to do it, but this boy and I, we are going to return. And the person who has got to a stage eight, level four place in their faith realizes that when God promises something, God will make it happen and God will not take that promise away from you. And then the final thing that we see in how Abraham's faith went to another level is that Abraham believed God for provision. He believed God for provision. Abraham was walking up the mountain and Isaac turned to him and he said, Dad, he said, I see the wood. I see the altar that we're going to build. But I don't see any sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham turns to Isaac. I'm sure he had tears in his eyes. And he turned to him and he says, don't worry, Isaac. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. Someone who has got to a stage 8, level 4 place in their faith realizes that God provides. God provides. And sometimes you don't know how God is going to provide. You don't know where God is going to provide. Sometimes it looks like, God, I'm going to lose everything. But someone who has got to that level of faith realizes that God provides. This was a man who was walking in total sync with God. He trusted God. He believed in God. He got to the place in his life where he realized his, his life was in the very hands of God. This was a man who realized that when God promises something, it will come to pass. He knew that God would never take away what he had promised. In a... In Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 11 and verse 17, it says this. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Then in verse 19, it says this. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died... God was able to bring him back to life again. God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Abraham knew that God was not going to take away the promise that he had given to him. God was going to provide. God was going to come and in the midst was going to do something incredible. And Abraham knew this, so Abraham did not question, he did not hesitate. And he believed for the best, and he believed God for provision. But not only did Abraham's faith go to another level, we also see something else happen. You see, when God works in your life, it's not just faith that rises. God starts working in other areas of your life as well. And we see for Abraham, Abraham God had been working in Abraham in the, in the area of generosity. And Abraham's generosity had gone to another level. Let's take a look. In Genesis 22, verse 9, it says, When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. 
Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called out, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel says. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. And you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Let me just read that last bit again. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. So the scene unfolds that Abraham gets to the top of the mountain. He makes the altar. And then he looks at Isaac. He says, okay, Isaac, climb up on the altar. I mean... If this was like a teenage boy, he probably would have run for his life. I mean, I mean, he would have been fighting. He would have been saying all kind of smack to his dad. I'm like, I am not getting on that altar. Abraham must have been strong or something because I know if my dad tried to put me on an altar, I'm like, he'd be on the floor. Um, so for some reason, unless Abraham like, was like, okay, let's try it. You know, fire. Ooh. And uh, so he, gets, he puts him on the altar and he ties him. Abraham gets a dagger out, and he goes to kill him. And then suddenly, the angel is like, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham's like, yes, yes, here's the Lord, here's the Lord. And he stops him. And the angel says, Abraham, you have been so faithful to me. I've asked you to do something that nobody should be ever asked to do. But yet you've done it. And you have not withheld from me anything. Yeah, there's been bad times. Yeah, there's been times in your life when you've let me down. But at this point, you have not withheld anything from me. Abraham, you are a generous man because you have given me everything. And this day, I think Abraham discovered an amazing truth. And this is the truth. Everything under heaven is God's. It's not ours. It's God's. He realized that his son Isaac was the Lord's. Even though it was his son, he really belonged to God. You know, in uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse 26, it says this. It says, For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We also see in, in Job 41.11 and then Psalm 21.1 and Psalm 50, verse 12, all different people quoting and saying, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is the Lord's. It's not mine. And I know I look, I look at my life and sometimes I think this is mine. It's, it's my money. It's my bank account. It's, it's my home. It's my family. It's my gifts. It's my talents. But it's not. It's the Lord's. It's God's. And Abraham realized that it was God's. And if it was God's, then he could give it back to God. Abraham realized that day, I believe, that what you give to God, God will gladly give it back to you. He gave his son, and God gave it back to him. Even before, this was way before Jesus had ever walked this earth. Way before Jesus had come and lived a sinless life and died a terrible death. But the same truth that Abraham learned that day lives after Jesus died. And this is the truth. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 
and verse 23. It said, God paid a high price for you. God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved in this world. God paid a high price for you. When Jesus died on the cross, He paid a price for you. And that price was His life. And because He paid a price for you, that means you belong to Him. And sometimes we don't like that. Because we think we're our own person. We don't belong to anybody. I just belong to myself. But really, we belong to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, Jesus told his disciples this. He says, and Jesus said to the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, you must take up your cross, and you must follow me. Basically saying, you must give up your life for me. You must withhold nothing from me. Follow me. Generosity. It's what that is. It's generosity. The secret to a life of faith. The secret to overcoming your stage 8, level 4 experience. Is not withholding anything from God. Abraham was generous. And this generosity enabled Abraham to live a life that was ultimately successful and satisfying. And I'd say to you today, never become so tight with anything that you have that you refuse to give to God. Don't become so tight with your gifts and your talents, your time, your family, your friends, your education. Don't, don't, don't withhold from God. Give to God. And God will give it back to you. The Bible even says that he will give it back, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Sometimes that doesn't always look like what we want it to be, but God gives back to you. We also see, not only did Abraham's faith go up another level, not only did his generosity go up another level, but the final thing is his game skills went up another level. The more Raquel played Adventure Island, the better she became. Like, I can't even get past stage, stage one of that stupid game. But yet, she's like two minutes and she's like on stage three already. And the more that you play the game, the more your game skills increase. You realize the little tricks. You realize how to jump at this point and, and fire at this point. And, and, and you understand how the game works. And faith is a little the same. The more you, you go on this journey of faith, the more you step out in faith, the more you look to God, the easier it becomes. You know, when I first, I, I'm a big golfer, and when I first started playing golf, I was like 13. And all I cared about at this point was hitting the ball as far as I could, which was probably about 50 yards, and getting the ball off the ground. And the day I started getting the ball off the ground, I was just like cheering, thinking, I have made it. I am Tiger Woods. And even though I think Tiger Woods was still at school himself at the point. I'm like, I'm Nick Fowler. That's who I thought I was. And, and the more I played, the more I started, it started getting harder and harder for me. Getting the ball off the ground was easy now. Now it was keeping the ball straight and out of the woods. But I used to play all the time. And before I was married, married kills your golf game, I'm telling you. But before I was married, I'd play all the time. And 
suddenly hitting the ball straight was easy for me. I could hit the ball straight. And I got to the point where it was distance control. And I would get mad if I was like, you know, just a little short or a little long. And the more I played, the more my game skills increased. Faith is the same. Faith is the same. The more you live this life, the easier that past thing that, you, that was so hard becomes. But yet, tougher obstacles come up ahead of you. So for Abraham, it was no different. Abraham at one point struggled to trust in God just for provision. Just because there wasn't enough food in the land, Abraham struggled to trust in God. Then he goes to the next level and then he starts struggling because he thinks that these people are going to take his life. And then he struggles because he's not seen an answer to prayer. But he overcame all of them. And now he gets to a point in his life where he passes the ultimate test and he withholds nothing from God. This was Abraham's stage eight, level four. It's very quickly as we close. Abraham understood these four principles. Or four things. The first thing, he actually started to understand God more. I'll be honest. After understanding a woman, understanding God is just as hard. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Don't tell Michaela said that. She'll kill me. It says, For all of, your prom- all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Basically saying all God's promises are yes and yes. That means they will happen, they will take place, and if God promises you something, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but it will happen. And God then will not withhold and take away the promise from you. And Abraham realized this. He knew this, and he knew that even if he sacrificed his only son, God would bring him back. He also discovered that God was his ultimate provider. The Bible tells us in uh, Genesis 22, And uh, verse uh, 13, it says, Then Abraham looked up and saw a man caught in in its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Then in verse 14, it says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Abraham realized that God is a God who provides. And his life went on and we see through the rest of his life that God provided for Abraham in such a way. He is Yahweh Jireh, which means God is the God who provides. And I tell you for your life today, God is the God who provides for you. He will provide. We also see that Abraham discovered that obedience is so much better than a sacrifice. Obedience is so much better than a sacrifice. In verse 15 of of Genesis 22, it says, "Then Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven. It says, this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name, I will certainly bless you 
and will multiply your descendants beyond the number of the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of your enemies and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. You know, in, in, in the first book of Samuel, verse 15, uh, uh, chapter 15 and verse 22, the prophet Samuel comes to Saul and he says, Saul, says, God is not impressed with all your burnt offerings, all your sacrifices. What God demands and what God requires is obedience. And then Samuel says this to Saul. He says, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And so often we can do this so much and we say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this. But God is wanting you to listen to him and then act on what he says. Obey what God says. Abraham obeyed God. And he discovered that day that obedience was so much better than sacrifice. And the last thing that that Abraham found out that day, he found out that God tests us. And the reason he tests us, he tests us so that we can pass the test and move on to the next level. When we're at school, we take tests. And we take tests to see if we've mastered a certain level. And then once we take the test, we can move on. And we see in Hebrews 11, verse 17, it says that God tested Abraham. This was just a test. Because he wanted to see how far Abraham's faith had got to. And maybe you're going through a crisis right at this moment in your life. Maybe you're going through a situation, you're like, God, how can I overcome this? How can I get past this? Maybe God is just testing you to see where the level of your faith is at. It was just a test. So as you live your life for God, God will test you. Then he will push you. He may make you cry. But then you'll move up to another level. You know, as we started Generation Church, it was a huge step of faith for Raquel and myself. We didn't know where God was going to provide. We didn't know who was going to show up. We didn't know where we were going to meet. We didn't know anything. And everything that we feared happened and we're like, God, this is too tough. I can't do this. But I've discovered that starting the church was probably the easiest part. The longer the church goes on, the harder it becomes. The more steps of faith that we have to take. And I remember when we started, we were like, God, we're going to step out in faith. This is a big step of faith. Two weeks ago, I found out about an opportunity that we may be able to have. That, may, that kind of fell in, in our laps. And I'm still deciding if it's a God opportunity or if it's a distraction. And we're just praying through it at the moment. But I know that if this, 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 if this is an opportunity, this will stretch us beyond what we can do ourselves. It will stretch us people-wise. It will stretch us financially. It will stretch us to a place where we will have to have faith in God. And I sat down, I'm like, there's no way we can do this. We cannot do this. And I remember God just speaking to me saying, did you just step out in faith to plant a church when you had nothing? I was like, yeah. He says, well, then I will be able to provide this for you as well. I believe the more as a church that we go on, the more God will have to step out in faith for him. And the reason God does this is because there comes a point in our life 
where there is a stage eight, level four. And he's pushing us because he wants us to overcome that stage eight, level four. So many give up along the way. Some will stay at a certain level and their life just becomes mundane and boring. But the life of faith is a life that moves forward. It goes from level to level. It increases all the time. It becomes so exciting. It becomes so satisfying. It's a ride. And you only have one lifetime to do it. Abraham fulfilled and completed his race. He completed his task. And he made the most of his lifetime. And today I ask you, will you make the most of this one lifetime that you have? God is asking you to step out in faith. Abraham discovered trusting God and God will lead you to places you cannot even imagine. Trusting God and God will lead you to places you cannot even imagine. And you will even overcome the stage 8, level 4 experiences in your life.